Robert Buckley, please put your hands together for your compare this evening, Mr. Dan Nightingale. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to Beat the Frog, the finest night of random shit you are going to find in Manchester City Centre. Absolute belter. We've got some uh, regular lunatics that are in, and that's always good, isn't it, to have that energy straight from the off. We've got two people flat out ignoring me. Always good, isn't it? <laughs> nice, you run a gig for a while. You just, I don't know. I don't know what you expect. Just to be, I know you're having your tea as well, aren't you? That guy's, he's just like, no, fuck it, I'm having a snack. There you go, sorry. It's all right, Matt. What are you having? What are you, is, it, is it up to... It's just mistimed, isn't it? Dinner has been badly mistimed. Now everyone's like, oh, let him just have his food. Oh, God. Go on, we'll just give you amnesty to finish it. I thought you were being a dick. I didn't realise you were eating. I thought you were, I thought you were doing a weird feng shui heckle right from the off, like, I don't know you and I don't trust you. They may have given you a microphone, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realise you were having some scran. All right. Are you the only one eating? That's a bit of an awkward moment, isn't it? She's just everyone else is like, no, I wouldn't do that. And you're like, fuck you lot. Did you not bring money out? I did. <laughs> Don't touch my halloumi fries. Oh, God, go on. You just get on and eat. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's going to be an absolute belter. Give me a cheer if you have been here before. <laughs> that guy was so happy about it. He went for the double-hander. Yay! Oh, it's your birthday. My God, welcome to the show. Happy birthday on a Monday. Got to be a big birthday, on it? Should we celebrate on a Saturday? No, it's very expensive on a Saturday. <laughs> Let's do it Monday evening. Evening? Oh, all right, then. I was thinking... You were what? Okay, good. I already like your style, mate. I got too wrecked. You do everything with both hands. I got too wrecked. It's my birthday. A nightmare at a funeral. I miss my nana. <laughs> Welcome to the show. What's your name, sir? Hendy. It's it, what? Hendy. Hendy. Okay, good. <laughs> what the fuck? I just thought you were... <laughs> I thought in your accent you were mispronouncing Hindu and you'd fucking misunderstood the question. Uh, what religion are you? Fucking hell, has he started with that? Hindu! It's why I had to leave Northern Ireland. <laughs> God, you think the Protestants and Catholics are bad? Wait till you're a fucking white Hindu. <laughs> Nightmare. Hindu, welcome to the show, Hindu, my friend. Where, where are you from? I'm guessing Northern Ireland. Belfast, all right, let's quicken this chat up. <laughs> all right. And uh, God, I nearly naturally went, and what religion? Are... No, I'm joking. So, <laughs> birthday, that's all good, man. And uh, what, what birthday have you got to? 37. 37? Good, I like it. Oh, wow, that wasn't a woo. I don't know, the energy for your birthday initially was good. And then there's so many young people that are like, 37, should he be here? <laughs> At his age? <laughs> Good for you at 37, I'm 38, look at us, that's all right. What's the average age? Give me a cheer if you're 18 to 21, give me a cheer. <laughs> like how you went higher pitched than me or Hendy could manage, like. <laughs> literally so young, there's only dogs can hear you outside, like, what? <laughs> 21, sorry, 22 to 25. 
Now, you still were giddy, but you just lowered it a tone. I noticed that as well. Like, oh, yeah, don't do what the youngsters do. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> 26 to 30. Mate, you totally missed that. You just got giddy and went higher than everyone. Everyone else got it like, no, you've got to go lower just to signify, you know, life wearing you down. It's a badge of honour. He was just like, oh, my God, this is my moment. Woo! Over 30? Over 40? Oh, that was definitely lowered, on it? Like, if we get to 70, it'll just be... Fuck off. No, we've got... Hang on, over, over 50? <laughs> They're dying off. Over, over 60? Wow, over 70? What the hell is going on? Is it like... Is it a day out? Is there a minibus? Is there a minibus outside? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. It's an OAPO. We like comedy, not professional stuff, the amateur stuff. Come on. Let's go and see some new comedy. Will there be pedo jokes? I fucking hope so. <laughs> will, will, there be, will there be issue-based comedy, gender fluidity and whatnot? Of course I will. Malcolm, shut up. Honestly, I hope when I clock 70, me and Hendy, because we're friends now, Hendy, I hope we're still going out and getting fucking on it on a Monday night. <laughs> There's not a lot. That's amazing, absolutely. Look at you, literally, like, you've got the energy that, honestly, I think this could go anywhere. Like, you're really like, we're out, we're living. Look at all these young people. Does anyone know a drug dealer? <laughs> Send one a telegram. Let's get some marijuana cigarettes. Let's live. Like an Ulster Hindu. I don't know what that means either. Round of applause to these guys. What absolute legends. Legends, welcome to the show. Okay, Aaron, what are you doing? <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Uh, it's going to be a belting show. Welcome on the balcony. It feels like you don't get talked to. It's because of the lights. We can't fucking see you. So just enjoy the privacy that that gives you. And in, uh, and in the front row, I know you feel like you're going to get picked on and it's date night and everything. And, oh, it's pressure on. And it's, oh, God, don't, I'm just going to leave you be. This didn't work out for you guys, did it, these fucking tables? Because you've just sat there for like half an hour. Going, it's fine. This front row will turn up and then we'll be safe. And then these dickheads just didn't show up. <laughs> this table is reserved. Oh, they've really sold you a fucking nightmare there, aren't they? Like, it's all right, pal, we'll be safe, bastards, right? It's going to be a brilliant show. It's the first of the World Series. So the World Series is like a culmination of all the Beat the Frogs. We do this shit every Monday. And uh, the winner goes through to qualification for the World Series. So this is basically, we're in like, I don't know, we're out of the group stage now. This is last 16. I don't know what I'm on about, but you know what I mean. We're getting there. And then the grand final's in about four or five weeks, and the winner becomes instantly famous and gets a Netflix special. So that's exciting, isn't it? Last year's winner was Jack Whitehall. So that's amazing, isn't it? And I can't back that up with actual facts. Shit, just someone went, shit. <laughs> Some angry guy just doing a comedy review. Shit. Yeah, well, he's doing all right. And... Uh, uh, so, no, it's, it's a really good, it's, a, it's a quite a prestigious prize for new acts in the region. So, um, so we need card holders, uh, and it's going to be one from over there. Oh, I like it, how you just, you just literally, this is what you've come for, isn't it? It's not just watching comedy, I want to judge people's dreams. I hadn't even finished the sentence, you're like, fuck yeah, let's break people. Right, one from here, and one from over here. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Uh, hi, you okay? Did you illuminate your friend so she'd be more... That's a, I'm, I'm seriously impressed. I honestly don't think anyone's done that in about 15 years of doing this fucking show. I mean, obviously, when we started, I don't think the flip phone had a fucking <laughs> torch on it. But that's pretty impressive, not to just point at them. Like, everyone dis did that, but you were very quick thinking, whoever that was, like, two friends to the right just went, this is it, go. Like, <laughs> put the searchlight on. And now, evil, I'm less interested because I'm like, fuck, someone's got a spotlight. Okay, good. So, if you've got a card, you've got a job to do. It's an important job. If you've not got a card, sort of don't be a dick about it and start shouting, stick the card up, just to believe in the process. The act's on stage, you're trying for five minutes. If you've got a card, don't be a, an idiot. Like, don't let, watch them come on. Give them eight seconds ago. I don't like your eyebrows. It's not that vibe. Give them a minute, a minute and a half. If within, like, that time, they're just not going anywhere. It's not funny. Stick the card up. Once the card is up, it's got to stay up. The acts are trying for five. If within the five minutes three cards are up, they'll hear this terrible sound. <laughs> unnecessary, innit? Totally unnecessary. I didn't decide to play that. So, uh, On the flip side of it is the glory of getting to five minutes with less than three cards up, and you'll hear this glorious sound. That means you're beating the frog, and we go through to a clap-off at the end. Is it two, Jess, tonight? Je is is it, Chloe, is it two tonight going through to the final? Okay, so two uh, to go through to the grand final in five weeks. Right, so good. Are we set? Are we all right? Tweaking up, we'll get excited. Let's see who's first. One of my good, good friends, Vinnie Plant. So if you could start the applause, Frog and Bucket, after three, one, two, three, build it up. And welcome on stage, Vinnie Plant. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Vinny. And I was fortunate enough to come into town tonight on the Metrolink. If you don't know what that is, the Metrolink is the tram that goes around Manchester. And I'm not ashamed to stand in front of you all tonight and say, I love that big yellow beast. But I do have a problem with it. Recently they've put signs up saying that they now have undercover ticket inspectors. I don't like that. I think it creates a bad atmosphere. The other day, I'd arranged to meet my friend on the tram. I had to run to make it. I just got through the double doors, sat down next to him. He said, wow, you only just made it. Did you have a chance to buy a ticket? I said, who the hell wants to know? <laughs> because you don't know how far undercover an undercover ticket inspector has to go. <laughs> They'd need a name and a backstory that helped them fit in with the fur dodgers. I know what my undercover ticket inspector name would be. Donny Metro. I'd say I came into town on a train, hiding in the toilet to avoid the inspector. And now that I'm here, I'm looking for some other forms of public transport to ride for free. <laughs> we all know what happens when somebody goes undercover, though. They fall in love with someone who can't know their true identity. <laughs> this happened to Donnie. Fell in love with a woman on a commute who hadn't renewed her monthly pass. <laughs> he got too close. Got called in by the chief ticket inspector. God damn it! You're not Donnie Metro. You're out there to issue fines, and I want numbers. Oh, and by the way, that sweet little thing you've been cozying up to, slap a fine right on her ass for me. There's a lot of toxic masculinity at the ticket inspector precinct. It's an alpha male organization. And there is no way that Donnie would find the woman he loves. So the next day, he gets on that tram, ready to tell her everything, ask her to stay on with him and start a new life. 
in Berry. But just before he can, it pulls into the next station. He looks out onto the platform and sees 20 uniformed ticket inspectors. The goddamn chief set us up! Listen, there is so much that I haven't told you. And there is no time to explain. Stay on this tram until Shaw and Crompton. Nobody knows where that is, so you'll be safe there. I'll try and hold them off. I love you. And then Donnie charges at the ticket inspectors. It's okay. They were just fines. They only hurt me financially. The next day, the chief ticket inspector called me in. I had to give him my Metrolink ID badge and my fine pad. I was off the force. He said to me, you got anything to say for yourself? I looked him in the eye and said, the Metrolink? What a ride. <laughs> that wasn't enough for the chief, though. I'd seen too much fucked up shit. So he had to silence me, put me in witness protection. That's how I ended up with the name Vinnie Plant. You see, because I won't be silenced. I chose that name to give me a chance of making it on the biggest stage of all, Hollywood. You see, I thought that Vin Plant could be like Vin Diesel for the climate change generation. <laughs> if it catches on, I'll get my own movie franchise like The Fast and the Furious. But instead of racing cars, I'll just take public transport to lower my carbon footprint. <laughs> it wouldn't be called The Fast and the Furious, though. It'd just be The Furious and be two hours of me waiting for a northern rail service that never arrives. <laughs> we all know what happens when somebody makes it big in Hollywood. It goes to their head and they become unmanageable. This happened to Vinnie Plant. I had to be forcibly removed from a train for demanding that it drop me off at my front door. The studio had had enough, so the chief producer called me in. Well, well, well. Vinnie Plant, a.k.a. Donnie Metro. I should have known that the misogynistic chief ticket inspector was just the type of guy to become a Hollywood producer. You're going to do what I say, Plant, because I can ruin everything for you. That sweet little female co-star of yours, I want you to bring it to my hotel room tomorrow. The one-man production off-Broadway that is Vinnie Plant, ladies and gents. So. Uh, Vinnie Plant, uh, Sally Firth is the next act. Please give it up for the next act. It's Sally Firth! <laughs> Hello everyone, it's lovely to see you all, though uh, you probably weren't expecting to see me. I'm usually cage fighting on Mondays. <laughs> Some of you may know me as the Kilburn Killer. I don't actually live in Kilburn, but I have killed a number of people from Kilburn. But that's all behind me. I'm, I've turned over New Leaf and uh, I've been looking for a, a new hobby since the Samaritans asked me to leave. And uh, my caseworker said I should try stand-up comedy. So uh, first I need to tell you about myself. My name's Sally and I've been married to Roger for 28 years. Yes, he waited for me. <laughs> now, um, some of you will know when you've been with the same person for a while, 
things can get a little stale in the sex department, can't they? But I was still quite upset when Roger said to me the other day, you are so predictable. Why don't you ever surprise me? Dress up or something. So the next day, when he got home from work, I did surprise him. I was wearing his mother's clothes. <laughs> he, uh, he wasn't laughing. I always thought he wanted me to be a bit more like her, you see, but uh, it didn't go down well. <laughs> I think it was too soon after the funeral. <laughs> if I'd known Roger had a heart condition, I would probably have done that earlier. <laughs> but uh, the ambulance men were amazing. I... I I take my hat off to them. It was Roger's mother's hat, obviously. <laughs> now, uh, some of you might think that was a bit unkind, but uh, Roger's been doing a number of things recently that really irritate me, like um, waking up. Having said that, when he's asleep, his snoring keeps me awake, and uh, I've been thinking about buying an anti-snore pillow for him. Then I realised, any pillow's an anti-snore. <laughs> if you put it over someone's face. I had a surprise myself a few days later. Um, I was in the supermarket, and uh, I needed the loo. And you know what? They've got a condom machine in the ladies at Tesco. I know, I know you're surprised. You thought I shopped at Waitrose, didn't you? <laughs> I, um, I was a bit of a late starter, sexually. I was 20. That's because I wanted the first one to be special. And he was. <laughs> he had special requirements. He could only become aroused if I... Uh, covered him in baby oil while he was watching videos of only fools and horses. <laughs> he, he liked me to dress up as Trigger <laughs> and to call him Dave. <laughs> my, my next boyfriend was a masochist and uh, he begged me to hurt him, so I slept with his best friend. <laughs> He, uh, he didn't clap. <laughs> he said that wasn't what he meant, so um, I had to think of something else. I, I waited till he'd videoed the whole of the Japanese Grand Prix, and then uh, just as he sat down to watch it uh, from the beginning, uh, I told him who'd won. <laughs> now, I think another reason I didn't have sex when I was a teenager was because my mother said to me, uh, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and I'm not good in the kitchen. Eventually, I found out if you uh, go down about six inches, it's a lot quicker, <laughs> more effective, and uh, you don't have to stand up for so long. <laughs> another, another thing my mum used to say, if, uh, if she saw an ugly person walking down the road, was, uh, 
Well, he can't help what he looks like, but he could stay indoors. <laughs> she, uh, she said that when she first... Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sally Bird beats the frog! Not often you see a stage handbag, so extra points for that. Uh, Vinnie Plant has beaten the frog, Sally Firth has beaten the frog. So, John Gibson's the next act. Please give it up for John Gibson! I suppose I first realised I was boring. As a small child when I uncovered a suicide pact between my two imaginary friends. When it comes to women, I'm what's known as a fanny magnet. I'm the end that repels. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not successful with women. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I wish I could see more surprised faces. Or even a surprised face. I'm not. You, you know how some women, some women are just sex bombs. You know what I mean? They are just sex bombs. Well, you're looking at a sex bomb disposal expert. As I approach the sex bomb, I am shitting myself, knowing she might go off at any second. And then I use my specialist techniques to diffuse any sexual tension, and then later, under isolated conditions, I carry out a controlled explosion. John Gibson does not beat the frog. Uh, how long did he do, Cole? One minute 35. One minute 35. So that's how we work out how to do comedy. Everyone who's ever done comedy has been at that stage. So John didn't do it tonight, but he will do it the next time. So give it up for him. He'll be back to fight another day. <laughs> Catherine Burgess is about to go on stage. Give it up for Catherine Burgess! <laughs> Hiya, sorry, just a... Uh... Just a second, I've got to put my little timer on. Um, it's not to time the set, I've just got a chicken in. You can't be too careful. Um, I'm what's known as a woman. Um, and just before I start, women are often criticised as comedians for talking about the same old things on stage. So I just thought I'd get all that out of the way in one quick song. Here we go. Um, sorry, just a warning to the faint-hearted. This is in the genre of grime. <laughs> periods, periods, vaginas, periods, periods, depression, feminism, cats. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, now, madam, I can see you admiring my keyboard stability system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do see me at the back if you want to know how to attach a strap on. <laughs> Sorry, mum. Actually, mum's more of an anal beads girl, anyway, so. It's all right, she's not here. Monday night is dogging night, so. Um, 
Now, speaking of dogging, this song is called Catholic Girls' School Sex Education. Thanks. If your sex education was taught to you by a nun You'll always picture her face Just before you're going to <laughs> She taught you the rhythm method Which isn't as fun as it sounds it's a method of contraception which involves the daily measurement of the temperature and consistency of vaginal mucus every day for the rest of your life to avoid getting pregnant. And vaginal mucus is not something you ever want to see coming out of the mouth of a nun. I wonder, I wonder what was the bit that made the card holders stick the card up. <laughs> uh, right, so Catherine Burgess does not beat the frog, which is the same because she's great. So Philip Kostelecki is the last act in the first section. Give it up for Philip Kostelecki! <laughs> oh, hello, everybody. Hi, guys. Uh, how are you doing? Well, hi, everybody. My name is Philip. Uh, I come from Austria, America, and Slovenia, and I went to international school, so that's kind of why I have this weird accent. Uh, what I do like, though, is that despite all the cultures that I come from and all the ones that I've been exposed to in my life, I still somehow ended up looking like a Republican senator's son, which uh, I think is quite, yes, it's quite impressive. You know, I feel like I look like one of those dudes in like an all-black basketball film from the 90s who's like, there's no And then obviously when I get to the final, I cheat to win. And I get disqualified. And I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> My two little sidekicks are like, whatever, bro, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then obviously one of those sidekicks, when they get the, the good guy, he goes, I don't know, man, he just got away. And then for some reason, the main character gets my girlfriend. I don't know why that always happens at the end of these movies, you know? Uh, but it's nice. Uh, I grew up in Slovenia, though, which is cool. Anybody here ever been to Slovenia? Give us a cheer. Oh, wow, shit. Okay, cool. Tourism is our number one industry, so that's fucking good to see. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Slovenia is a very small Eastern European country with only 2 million people. But despite our size, we actually had our own version of Britain's Got Talent in Slovenia. We did, yeah. It was called Slovenia Ima Talent. Slovenia has talent. And after two seasons, we found out we don't. Uh, we really don't. I think a goat won one year, actually. I think this would happen, you know? But I grew up in Slovenia as a child of an only parent, which is kind of interesting. Anybody here only raised by one parent? Give us a cheer. I don't know why it's give us a cheer. Woohoo! Parental neglect! Yes! Yeah. Now, my father left me when I was nine, right? Uh, just me, not the rest of my family. Um, which is. made dinners very awkward, you know? Could you please pass the salt? I'm sorry, who are you? Come on, man! But it's weird when you only have one parent grow up, right? Because I could tell my mother was trying to fill my father's role, right? Like, I'd come home one day and I'd say something like, Oh, Mama, can I go to this party tonight? And she'd say, Wait till your father gets home. And then she'd go, No, you can't! So that was fun. It was always a good time. 
Fuck you. Um, two cars to the... All right, cool. Sweet. It's weird when, as a boy when you grow up with only one parent, right? It's weird because... Like, the playground insults other boys used to use against me never really worked, right? Like, what's, like, a classic, like, laddie insult? It's something like, oh, I fucked your mom last night, right? Boys would always tell that to me. But boys would come up to me, and they'd say, oh, I fucked your mom last night. And I'd say, she's a single, divorced woman. She can do what she wants with her time, right? There's no impact on my life, you know? Please fuck my mother if you want to fuck my mother, right? Does anybody in this room want to fuck my mother? Everybody, let's go fuck my mother! Yes! You sound like you're not going to fuck her. You do something much worse to her. Um, I was in Tesco today, uh, which is quite fun. I went to the self-service checkout of Tesco, right? And there's this cool thing about the self-service checkout of Tesco. If you start paying with cash, a little message shows up, and it says, uh, do you want to pay the rest another way? Which sounds kind of banal at first, but also a little bit dirty, right? Like, pay the rest another way. Like you start paying with cash, a little robotic penis comes out. You're gonna have to jerk it off a few times when you cover your tab, right? Because only the self-service checkout could say that, you know? You couldn't have the guy behind the till start paying with cash. He's like, I'm sorry, do you want to pay the rest another way? Maybe that's what Sainsbury's Taste the Difference is all about. You don't know. Oh no, I like living the... Okay, I see your cards. You can put them down. Jesus. <laughs> Are you going to keep them up? Fine, fine. That's great. That's fine. No, I like living in the UK, though. It's fine. I moved here about four years ago, uh, originally for the pleasant weather and the good company. Um, Just <laughs> cool. Uh, I do like living here, though. I'm trying to understand British culture at the moment. The one thing that's still really confusing for me is uh, the game Chinese Whispers. Do you guys know the game Chinese Whispers, right? What's still confusing for me is, is does the ethnicity of the whisper really matter? Right? Like, does that impact the way the game's played at all? Because in France, anybody French in the room? Oh, thank God for that shit, right? You know? No, in France, you know what they call the game in France? They call the game Arab Telephone. I mean, you guys laugh at that like Chinese Whispers is any better, right? You just thought, oh, who do we have war with? All right, we'll insert them into a child's game. That makes sense, right? In Russia, they have the best name for it. In Russia, they call it Death Phone, which is the most fucking Russian thing I've ever heard, right? It's like, you say blueberry, come out chocolate, you die, you're dead. You don't leave to the end of the game, you know? Philip Kostelecki beats the frog with two cards up for most of it. And he dealt with it like a fucking trooper. <laughs> that, was that was incredible to watch. I've he, he literally, not only did he not get flustered, he slammed the two card holders. And the other card holder, I think it almost like, like yeah, fuck, I'm going to keep it down. I've got a round of applause for fucking slamming card holders. He's rarely, rarely done. So... Sean Kavanagh is the next act on stage, and let's be honest, we'll all look at his eyebrows. If you could, start the applause among the stage, Sean Kavanagh! Good evening, Manchester. I'll, uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself first. I'm actually ex-forces, so uh, I've developed quite a thick skin through that. Um, for seven years, in fact, I served as a proud member of Parcel Force. 
the boys from Parcel Force are always in here. No, in all seriousness, I am actually an ex-squaddy. I joined the British Army when I was 17. And I had to join the infantry, frontman soldiering, because I was thick as fuck. And I left school with no qualifications. Now, I loved the army, but when I was 20, I got kicked out. What it was, they took a urine sample and they found cannabis in my system. And I was absolutely shocked. Because they expected them to find a lot more than fucking cannabis. <laughs> I used to go home on leave every weekend. And I used to go to a nightclub in Liverpool called Cream. Anyone go there? Well, I love cream so much. I got that done <laughs> as a 17-year-old. Now, obviously, I thought it was cool when I was 17, but I've got a bit older than I thought. It's pretty fucking sad, that tattoo. But now I'm nearly 40, so I'm like a middle-aged man. So I'm thinking, maybe it's cool now to have a cream tattoo. Maybe it's cool, you know, for a middle-aged man to have a cream tattoo. Maybe the kids will think I'm cool. And the kids do think I'm cool. Because my six-year-old daughter thinks I've got a massive tattoo of a fucking fidget spinner. <laughs> How cool is that? I'm actually a father of three. I have uh, a little boy who's eight, and I have six-year-old twin girls, Ronnie and Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my little girls are, you know, the, the best thing in my life. But they keep saying, Daddy, you've got to go on Britain's Got Talent. I say, why that? Why, why do I have got to go on Britain's Got Talent? Because you're a rapper. They think I'm a rapper. Now, obviously, being from Lancashire, I couldn't be a good rapper. Because I couldn't rap about pistol whippings, could I? But I could rap about pistol whippets. <laughs> I've got a whippet, right? His name's Linford. And he's named after my hero, the former 100 meter sprinter, Linford Christie. And people say that's a great name for a whippet, Linford, because whippets are fast runners and Linford Christie was a sprinter. And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not why I've called him Linford. I've called him Linford because he's got an extremely large penis. <laughs> <laughs> And this is my rap. I've got this crazy whippet. He likes to lick his bollocks. Thank you. <laughs> the third card to go up as he started rapping was a brutal moment, wasn't it? Uh, Sean Cavanaugh does not be the frog. So from the bar, one of our own, give it up for Chloe Levi-Joy. <laughs> Have you been surfed quick? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, my name's Chloe, I'm 23, and I'm what some people call bisexual, but I like to refer to myself as a more inclusive term as uh, desperate. <laughs> I didn't always start off as a slag, but I grew up as a lesbian in a small town, and there was three of us, and the other two were together, so I moved to the big city and started sucking dicks. <laughs> Uh, Tinder is where I find most of the dicks I suck and honest to God, it is funnier than I will ever be. Like, a lad said to me once, what do you call a girl who don't suck dick? You don't. <laughs> Which personally I see as false advertising because I sucked his dick and he didn't ring me back. <laughs> um, I have kind of created a bucket list for being a slag. Uh, I've been to fetish nights. I saw someone walking around in a paper mache pigeon mask. Um, I've been with polyamorous couples, which is awkward when you only fancy one of them. And I've been to swingers clubs, which, honest to God, was like the Louis Theroux documentary. Like, I walked around all night in a towel from tits to toes, 
There was someone playing pool by Loco Naked. It smelled like bumhole everywhere. <laughs> uh, but all the things I've seen, nothing has been as eye-opening as my first date. Uh, I went on a date with a lad uh, that we'll call Ryan, because that's his name. Uh, <laughs> he picked me up. He took me on a lovely walk around a place called Werneth Low. It's uh, now I know a proud dogging spot. At the time, I thought it was very romantic because the sun was setting. There was no one around. We were holding hands. I could have been murdered. I had a wide on it that. <laughs> and we were talking about films. And he said, uh, do you want to come back to mine and watch a horror film? And I said, I haven't used my housemate's best gelette razor for nothing. Let's go. <laughs> Getting back to his, though, is uh, where the night kind of took a turn because he said, just wait in my porch while I change my sheets. And I thought... Right, I'm better than the porch, so I walked into the hall and I was having a nosy at his family photos and as I'm looking round, I turn round and looking right back at me are his mum, dad, little sister and the family Jack Russell all eating the tea, watching Emmerdale as I'm pulling down my miniskirt <laughs> and run past them up the stairs. And this very smart and sophisticated lad, or so I thought, his whole bedroom was covered in kids' wallpaper. And I'm not just like talking like a little bit of kids' wallpaper, it was fucking like astronauts, stars, rockets. And I was turned off till he said it glowed in the dark. <laughs> what can I say? I'm easily pleased. <laughs> he, uh, he shoved his laptop at me, said, uh, put a film on while I just go freshen up. So I sat there, put a film on, and literally two seconds later, he'd come in bollocko naked. If you put that card down, I'll suck you off later off. <laughs> He'd come back in bollocko naked, and I thought to myself, well, he's hard, I'm here, we might as well have a go at it. <laughs> and after the standardised five minutes of foreplay, he says to me, are you on the pill? And like I say, early on in my slag days, didn't know I could lie yet. <laughs> and he said, I can't really feel anything with a condom on. And then he said five words that will ring in my ears forever. Have you ever tried anal? And I hadn't at that point, but I thought, you know, he's good looking, I'm a trooper, let's have a go. <laughs> I mean, nowadays it'd be like throwing a hot dog down a corridor, but then... <laughs> so he said, uh, he said just, just roll onto your side and watch the film, it'll be over quick. And I thought, as he, uh, as he got himself comfortable, I thought, hang on, I've not asked a very important question here. Have you got any lube? Um, and he didn't, and that is when I fucking saw stars as well. <laughs> Just like, you're right, love, yeah! <laughs> and uh, three minutes later, it was hot yogurt to the back, get your fucking clothes on and get out. Uh, sadly. <laughs> he, uh, he drove me home in complete silence, and all the way there, I thought, how am I going to spin this to my friends that I had the most romantic evening ever? He dropped me off, we shook hands like a business deal. <laughs> we uh, exchanged my dignity. And um, <laughs> then my friends came down and I was like, yep, that was so romantic. Honestly, he's the love of my life, future husband. And then I got a text. Uh, and bear in mind, he lived half an hour away. His text came pretty quick. So he thought about this on the drive home. And he said... Um, I had a lovely evening, you're a wonderful girl, but I don't think we had a spiritual connection. Chloe Levi Joyce! Always close on the dry bumming bit. Um, 
Chloe Lee by Joey's Pizza Frog. Anne Mallet's about to come on stage. If you could, ladies and gents, welcome on the next act. It's Anne Mallet! <laughs> Hello everyone. Is there anyone here from Liverpool? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I was brought up in the garden suburb of Liverpool called Kirby. Anyone have heard Kirby? Yeah. And you know what? I had a really traumatic childhood. Ah. They used to cover me in chocolate and cream and put a cherry on my head. Life was tough in the ghetto. <laughs> and you know what? I never wanted to believe that me dad was stealing from his job as a council road worker. But every time I got home from school, the signs were all there. <laughs> and even now, that's why I'm suffering from kleptomania. But when it gets really bad, I take something for it. <laughs> and you know what? Even in those days, our local drug dealer had a message on his answer phone. If you want marijuana, press the hash key. <laughs> so it took me years to get over me my addiction to the hokey-cokey. But I've turned myself around and that's what it's all about. <laughs> but, but you know what? I used to go and see my old nan when she was cooking her the Sunday lunch. And there on the work surface was a glass of Guinness. And I said, hey nan, how come you're so full of beans and you're so healthy? She said, well, she said, I drink this Guinness to aid digestion. And in case of loss of appetite, I drink white wine. Case of low blood pressure, I drink red wine. And in case I get high blood pressure, it's scotch. And if I think I'm getting a cold, it snaps. I said, Nan, when do you ever drink water? She said, I've never been that sick. <laughs> and you know what? I think I'm getting like it, because the other night I was cooking the, wine, the meal with wine. And you know what? After five glasses, I forgot why I'd gone in the kitchen. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm a grand now. Any grands in besides me? Yeah. Not a lot. When we first retired, my husband used to take our granddaughter, Ella, to school. And one particular day, he wasn't well, so I took her instead. And when I dropped her off, I said, um, I took, dropped her off the parents, and they said, how was, how was the journey with Nana today instead of Ganga? Ella said, oh, it was completely different with Nana than Ganga. Why? Well, Nana and I never saw one single tosser Blind bastard, dickhead, or foreign prick anywhere on the way to school. <laughs> and she's all grown up now. And yeah, and I went to see her in a new flat the other day. And you know what? I said to her, Ella, have you got a newspaper I can borrow? She said, hey, come on, Nan, she said. This is the 21st century. We don't have newspapers now. Here, use my iPad. So, do you know what? That flaming fly never knew what it is. <laughs> oh. Anne Mallet, ladies and gents. Well done, Anne. Anne does not be the frog. Uh, all right, two more acts to go. Next act is Kwan Wen Hang. If you could, give it up for Kwan Wen Hang! <laughs> Manchester! Woo! Oh, look at your lovely... Yes, the panda has escaped, I know. I'm at last for 10 minutes and the zoo people come to get me. 
And this is a Chinese whisper, right, Daniel? You look uneasy, because I sound Chinesey. You think, no, this is just a front. You're stealing my personal information when you pretend to do comedy in it through the Huawei 5G network to work out what kind of pervert you are, right? Telling you guys, I may sound Chinese, I'm actually not from China because I'm from a small island of Taiwan. Have you heard of it? I know, obviously, because this is Manchester, not Stoke-on-Trent, right? Okay, anyway. <laughs> I went there to do a 10-minute comedy show, spent five minutes spending best explaining background information, not very worth it. So Daniel, I'm not Chinese, but even though I don't have the technology, I could tell from your fusy face what kind of porn you like, right? Ooh, I'm guessing Asian girls busted by BBC. Uh, for the, if you don't know what BBC is, the table over here, it's not what we pay license fee to, you know, just to be very clear, yeah. But don't have a heart attack when you Google it later, right? Just a warning. Just a bit of warning. So I know you don't care. Me talking about Taiwan, it's like you going to Taiwan talk about Slovenia, Phil. I know, right? You don't care? I know. <laughs> but statistically, it will be one or two radio for listener hidden in the crowd. So I'm going to say Taiwan is the victim of bullying from China, our bullying neighbor. To explain the relationship, I'm going to cite the Austrian celebrity, Herr Joseph Fritzl. Do you guys know him? Yes. Yes. In this example, in this example, China is Herr Fritzl. Taiwan is Fraulein Fritzl, the daughter. In that China, just keep, we are related, that's for sure. But they just keep fucking us over and over. I know that's a bit much, so I will stop the Joseph Fritzl analogy here. And because of the bully, this panda had to go to the army in Taiwan. Yeah, look at me. When I revealed this secret in Edinburgh, a Scottish lady shouted, nice shite, right? Like, think about it. What kind of shite army has such a shortage of man that have to drag this panda into the army? What kind of shite army? And the worst thing about the army is all my comrades call me Mulan, all right? More, more fucking land. And I can't even say, I don't know where you guys are coming from, because I know exactly where they're coming from. You see what I mean? And they keep shouting, Mulan, Mulan. The more they do it, the more I thought, maybe I'm Mulan after all. And one day I walk across the pound, I saw, oh my God, that's my reflection. But Daniel, why? Is my reflection someone I don't know? Right, this is a, you have three seconds. Why? You don't fucking know. You didn't have to go to the army, did you, lucky bastard? Right, okay. I'm going to tell you why my reflection was beyond recognition, ladies and gentlemen, because I couldn't use my moisturizer in the army, all right? It was completely horrible. And I learned another horrible thing about the Taiwanese army in that it is in this shite. If we're gonna have a war with China, you bet we're gonna surrender like France in the Second World War, you get it. I'm sorry, French people. That is true, we'll surrender like France. I had to escape, so I came to the fifth largest economy in the world for protection. You can agree the joke maybe is on me now, but anyway, why it's done, it's done. I thought, well, you are sending Windrush people away and illegal papers. So I tried to naturalize a British citizen. 
I took the live in UK test. They asked me very confusing question, like, what is the gender ratio in the United Kingdom? I thought, I don't know, because people change their gender all the time. <laughs> so I took a random one, turned out to be correct. They then asked me, what is the percentage of Muslim British? I thought, wow, that's controversial. I read every possible newspaper and there are conflicting source of information. For example, according to Daily Mail, is so that is one version of the answer. And I look to the Guardian. Guardian's like, one, everyone's the same. We're just citizens of this country. So I didn't know what to do. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. You watch a lot of comedy nights, and you're not going to see a lot of Quan Wen Hangs. So, well, it's just, yeah, as, a, as a comic, there's some people you watch, and you're like, you find yourself like halfway through going, I am absolutely mesmerized, right? Uh, Quan Wen Hang uh, beats the frog. So, Aaron Wood is the final act. If you could, for the final time, give it up for Aaron Wood! <laughs> Hello, how are we all doing? We okay? Yes, just one man at the front there. Yeah, I'm fucking fine, mate. Thanks for asking. Are we, uh, are we all doing? All good? Fantastic. Uh, I, I, yeah, I like, I like this club. I like, I like doing all the big clubs. Because uh, as comics do some pretty dodgy gigs. Like, I did a gig recently, and this girl just came bounding over to me after the show. And she's like, oh my God, do you know who you look like? And she said that in a tone of voice that suggested it was positive. So I got a bit excited, then I? I was like, you know, who do I like? Your, your future boyfriend, who is it? She goes, no, you look just like the chef in Ratatouille. <laughs> now, I have never hit a woman before. Or that one, either. Uh, <laughs> but I could have snapped, do you know what I mean, mate? Do you only know got that burning anger inside? But uh, my instincts just kicked in, I made her a meal, so it was all right. <laughs> I've, uh, I've got a girlfriend now, though. Uh, thanks, mate. D do you know her? Uh, <laughs> don't you fucking say yes. Uh, <laughs> but see, so, you know, I've got a girlfriend now, and it's weird. We have this sort of relationship where we, we sort of jab and we take the piss out of each other quite a lot. And recently, we were sat on the sofa, and she was just scrolling through Facebook. And she comes across this article, right, about a young man who had ran into a burning building to save his girlfriend's life. She's like, oh, ran into a... Isn't that lovely? I was like, yeah. So she did that for me. I was like, no. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. She's like, what, why? I was like, I can't even stand the heat of the oven when I open the door. Like, I'm not running into a, into a burning building. And she's like, oh, you're just being selfish. I was like, you're selfish for expecting me to do it. Like, I'm not running into a burning building for any less than eight out of ten. That's not happening. <laughs> and she's furious at this point. She's like, are you saying I'm less than eight out of ten? And I was like, no, honestly, I'm saying you're beautiful. But if you're trapped in a burning building, probably not afterwards. You're going to come out with skin like a Komodo dragon. I don't want that. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you, though. I, I never said any of that. Not one bit. <laughs> she said to me, would you run into a burning building after me? And I went, of course. Try and stop me. 
Because we lie to our partners, right? We all do it. Like, no, Aaron, those jeans you're wearing aren't too tight. I'd love to have dinner with your mum and <laughs> One guy at the back fucking, yeah, the army. <laughs> I'd love to have dinner with your mum and dad. I hate anal as well. Simple things, right? But uh, we lie and we just hope we don't ever have to prove it. Like, since we got together, she's just been telling me all the time that I'm the best she's ever had. And now, even now, some of you are looking at me like, I bet he's not. <laughs> Like, it's just simply not true. The only way that would be true is if she lost her virginity to me and then died shortly afterwards. Like, but I'm fine with her telling me that because that works, all right? That works for us because the reality of it is, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> like, you'd be any better, mate. Do you know what I mean? Fucking, have you ever satisfied a woman in your life, really, ever? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, where the fuck was I going with that? Yeah, so she's... She <laughs> The reality of it is she slept with about five people and I'm probably like the six or seven best she's ever had. Do you know what I mean? But that works for us, right? And like since we... Okay. <laughs> Aaron Wood, ladies and gents, does not be the frog. Right, okay, so good. Let's, uh, let's get the acts that beat the frog on stage. Let's find out who gets to do all of this really stressful thing again. Uh, give it up for Vinnie Plant, Sally Firth, Philip Costalecki, Chloe Levi-Joyce, and Quang Wen Hang! <laughs> As they rush to the stage, well done, everyone else. Well done, all the acts. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let, right. Do you know what? Usually I make a joke about diversity in comedy, but tonight we've done really well. So, uh, as I say the name, they're going to step forward. You just need to make a load of noise, and uh, roughly the two acts with the most noise are going to go through to the grand final. So, uh, I'll say the name. If you'd like them to win, just make noise, tweak and nipple, do whatever makes noise. Okay, give it up for Vinnie Plant. Sally Fur Fit Fit Alright Philip Philip Costalecki Chloe Levi Joyce Quan Wen Hang Right. All right. All right. He's through. All right. 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 Quan, you're through. Vinny, you're not. I'm sorry. Apologies. We're going to have a clap off for the last one. Okay. Quan, well done. Right. So uh, we just need one of these three. Okay. Sally Firth. It's more volume over longevity. Think about that. Philip Costalecki. <laughs> Chloe, Le Chloe Levi-Joyce. It's Sally Firth, ladies and gentlemen. Sally Firth is your other finalist. Well done, everyone else. Come on, guys. Let's have a picture. Come on. This was what we should be making videos of. What? Hendy, your heckles are so specific. 
What is microblading? What is in that bag? And that's the mystery, and that will be revealed at the grand final. See you there. <laughs> this picture, is someone taking a picture? Otherwise, I'm just rubbing my nipple on this lady. She's not moved, though, Sally. Eh? Uh, good. Let's give it up for Sally Firth and Kwan Wen Hang. They will be in our grand final in just four weeks' time. Five weeks' time, soon. Well done, guys. Congratulations. Absolutely brilliantly done. Thanks very much for coming down tonight. Thank you to all the card holders and everyone we talked to. Kwan Wen Hang and Sally Firth. Next Monday, another heat. See you again, Be the Frog. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>